morning. My name's Joe. If we haven't met yet, as Tyler said, I'm one of the pastors here at Vineyard Covington. We've got our live stream right here. Hi, live stream. It's never this close. It's kind of weird. Um, hey, so fun to worship with you all this morning and to take communion. And I'm just really excited about what God's going to do today in the room and what he's already doing. So, Alpha, right? It's kind of my jam, if you don't know. Alpha is my favorite thing. Some of you are laughing because you know it's one of the things I like to talk about the most. And part of the reason is, is because when people come to Alpha, they often have an encounter with the living God. I've seen it. I've experienced it. We just finished an Alpha course at Reset Ministries yesterday, and I saw it again. It's really powerful. And those encounters lead us on a path. They lead us on a different trajectory. And um, so before I dive into it, uh, I just want to pray, okay? So Jesus, would you come and rest on us even more today? Thank you for what you're already doing in the room. We ask that you would open up hearts and minds and ears to what you want to say. And I just pray I wouldn't mess it up. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so today we're going to talk about encounters that leads to engaging and engagement that lead to expansion, all right? We're going to park in one scripture, but first I want to tell you this. A few years ago, um, it was right after I moved to Covington with my family, and uh, God was encountering me in a lot of ways. It was pretty consistent and um, really different for me. It wasn't something I was totally used to. Anyway, I felt like God was telling me to go out on my street corner with a cooler full of bottled waters and pray for people. I know, right? And I was like, yeah, good idea. <laughs> and I just was like, no, I'm not going to do that. It's just, it's Covington. I just moved here. We got a lot of foot traffic on our street. So I knew that there was something to that. Anyway, just kind of set it aside. And I felt like God was just like, yeah, why don't you do that? So finally one day I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I told my wife and she's like, you know, maybe I don't want everybody to know exactly where we live yet. <laughs> Fair concern. Anyway, I just moved down like two houses and was on the corner with my cooler full of bottled waters. And as people walk by, I'd say, hey, you want some water? And people usually say yes to that. And I'd say, hey, how can, how can I pray for you? And uh, I got to pray for like seven or eight people over the course of an hour or two. It was just something. I don't know. It was way outside of my comfort zone. Kind of like what Amy was talking about, being outside of the comfort zone. Um, but it was because I'd had an encounter with the living God, several encounters with the living God. It led to me wanting to and having a heart to engage people in a different way. And so I did it. And it was, honestly, it was kind of fun. I should do it again. What we've been talking about here in the last few months is I've actually been really embedded in the book of Acts. Uh, a few months back, I talked about Pentecost Sunday and how the followers of Jesus encountered him in an incredibly powerful way. 3,000 new people came into the family that day. Tyler talked last month about how that um, encounter led to their lives changing dramatically. Not only uh, the way they related to God, but the, the way they related to each other. 
The fellowship of believers is the part of the passage there in Acts. And today we're going to build on that a little more in Acts chapter 10. So we're going to camp in the whole chapter for the whole time. So if you have a Bible or a Bible phone, as I like to say, open it up. We're going to be in Acts 10 the whole time. It's going to be amazing. I'm not going to read the whole thing, so don't get worried. Um, But really, what we're talking about in the midst of this ties in with another E word. And that E word is evangelism. And if you've been in the church for a little while, that might give you the, you know, creepy crawlies a little bit. Because sadly, some people have kind of done it weird ways, you know. Um, But I love this definition of evangelism from our friends at Alpha. It says this, evangelism is simply joining in the conversation that God is already having with someone else. That's pretty cool, isn't it? We get to join in the conversation that God's already having with other people. God is having a conversation with you already. Did you know that? Two of you nodded. You're like, no, I knew it. The rest of you are like, I don't, what? What's evangel? What? So Acts 10, 48 verses to cover. Like I said, I'm not going to read it all. I'm going to do some like paraphrasing and then like hit some verses. So you ready? That's not enough. Better. That's better. We need the energy, folks. Okay. So at the beginning of Acts chapter 10, it starts with a focus on a guy named Cornelius. And it says that Cornelius is a centurion in the Italian regiment. It says he and his family were devout and God-fearing, which interestingly enough at that time probably wouldn't have put him in the same class as the followers of Jesus. They wouldn't have considered him a Christian at that time probably. But it says he was devout and God-fearing. He gave to the poor and prayed all the time. Seems pretty good, right? (laughs) So, verse 3, it says, He distinctly sees an angel of God when he's praying who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord, he asked. The angel answered, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. Now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who's called Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. This is kind of important. I don't know about you, but I haven't had too many angels show up during prayer. So it seems pretty important. There's an angel, and he stares at him in fear. He's just like, every time angels are mentioned in the Bible, everybody's just like completely stricken with fear. Have you noticed that? So that tells me I haven't had that yet because I would, I would know. But Cornelius has this experience. And so we pick it back up. The scene shifts to Peter, right? Peter is uh, a disciple who's followed Jesus during his whole time. He's on a rooftop praying. He's also really hungry at this time. And the Bible says he falls into a trance. Have you ever been so hungry you fell into a trance? Anybody? Nobody, I don't think that's why he fell into a trance, but he was hungry, and it is significant. Verse 14, or sorry, verse 11. Peter sees heaven opened up and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles and birds. Then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. 
This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. So the Jewish people at this time had a really specific set of laws about what they could and couldn't eat. So this is why Peter has such a hard time with this vision that he has. And it makes me think, man, if, if God showed up when I was praying somewhere and I knew it was God, like I knew it was God, would I say, and he told me something to do, would I be like, nope? Because that's what Peter says. He's like, no. I'm not doing it. Would I do that? Oh, wait, I probably have, if I'm being honest. But it's another encounter, isn't it? And it might be significant that God has to show it to Peter three times. Peter was the one that denied him three times. I don't know. It might be significant that he showed him a vision that had to do with food. Peter was hangry at the time, right? Isn't it interesting how God talks to us in ways that we can relate to and understand? I find that really interesting and powerful. So this encounter changes the way that Peter looks at the world, doesn't it? It really does. He's like, this is against everything that I've believed my whole life. That's why he's like, surely not. I'm not doing that. Sometimes our lives and the way we look at the world are changed dramatically through encounters with God. A few years ago, I was at the Northgate Mall praying for people, like you do. And it was just one of these things where a handful of friends and I were there praying for people that as they walked by. It was just like, hey, can we pray for you? Um, anyway, a woman walked by that had back pain. And uh, my friend and myself said, hey, can we pray for you? And she said, yeah. So my buddy said, hey, would you sit down? I just want to see something about your legs. And one of her legs was shorter than the other, which is actually kind of common. And, and it does trigger back pain in a lot of people. So he's like, all right, I'm going to pray for you. Um, and when he prayed, her leg grew out like an inch or two. I know. Isn't that crazy? I was like, I don't, did that just happen? I don't, did I see that with my actual? But then she stood up and was like, oh my gosh, the pain is gone. This is amazing. And her friends were like, are you kidding me? This is crazy. They were, I mean, everybody was freaking out. And so I was like, I guess that's what happened. I don't know. I didn't have a grid for that in my worldview. <laughs> I knew that God could do it. I'd heard stories about it. But until I had an encounter with it, it didn't seem real. And it took some time for me to process that later in the day. Like, did I see that? Did that happen? Hey, I called my friend like, is that what happened? <laughs> He's like, yes. <laughs> Encounters with God change the way we look at the world. That's what's happening to Peter. So back to Acts 10. We have these two encounters, and they're going to connect now. Verse 19, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, this is the Holy Spirit saying, Simon, three men are looking for you, so get up and go downstairs. Don't hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. And without this, Peter's not letting these dudes in. They're Gentiles. He's a Jew. There was a stark division in how they related to each other at this time. Here's a quote that kind of gives you some color for it. It says, normally a Jew would have said, well, it's nice to meet you to the guys that came up, but we need to stay out here in the street. You can't come in. 
Or he might have said, if you go down the street a little way, I know it's late, there's a hotel, you can just check in there and I'll meet you in the morning. He definitely wouldn't have invited him in. Definitely would have sat at the same table with them. Definitely wouldn't have let him stay the night. Not to mention it wasn't even Peter's house. (laughs) He was staying with Simon the Tanner, who was also a Christian, so I don't know if he ran it by him or not. Peter's worldview, the way he thinks about things, are changing, aren't they? And not only did he need this encounter and this vision, but he needed an extra message from the Holy Spirit, didn't he? I need that. You need an extra, a little extra every now and then? Raise your hand if you need extra. We're going to participate. You guys, that was great. That was great. You're like, do I really have to do that? So encounter that these men both have leads to engagement which is outside of the comfort zone. It's definitely outside of Peter's comfort zone, isn't it? He's changing the way that he looks at the world and engaging with different people. Who are the people that you don't normally engage with and why? Who are those people? What comfort zone is God nudging you out of today? Even as I'm talking, you're thinking about certain things, like, uh, might have to engage with some Steelers fans. I don't know, right? There's some, t- some here today I can introduce you. Uh, so, the next day, these guys and Peter uh, go to see Cornelius. They're finally going to connect. And as Peter steps outside of everything that he'd known, he steps outside of the comfort zone to go with these Gentiles He's following Jesus on his mission, isn't he? Some good friends of mine often say there is no growth inside the comfort zone. In our comfort zones, it's awesome, it's valuable, but we're not exactly growing. We're not exactly maturing in that space. Peter is going outside of the comfort zone right now. So, Peter shows up, and he's pretty convinced at this point. Verse 34, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. Did you know that? God doesn't show favoritism? I think we all kind of like know that, right? For Peter, this was brand new. This was another way that he looked at the world changing. Who are the people that don't look or act like you and me that God is nudging us towards? Who are those people? The encounter leads to engagement, and it's going to lead to expansion. So Peter gives the people he's been drawn to the good news at this point. He's got this sermon that is just ready to fire, basically. And the good news about Jesus and what he did and why it's for everyone. Again, at this time, that was new. (laughs) That was new. That was different. And I'm willing to say that there's some probably shifts in my own thinking where I need to be reminded that it's for everyone. It's for everyone. It's for you today. So if you don't have life with Jesus yet, or you don't know if you have life with Jesus yet, today, he's inviting you into life with him. Today. It's pretty cool, isn't it? It's an invitation. 
not an obligation. And he's ready when you're ready. Some of you are ready today. It's going to be great. Might be outside your comfort zone, though. Peter says this really important line. He says, everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Everyone who believes in him receives the gift of forgiveness. Does anyone like gifts? Like six people like gifts. All right, well, I was going to say, under your chair, there's a, no, there's, there isn't anything. I'm sorry. But this is a gift. And you didn't have to do anything to receive it. You didn't have to earn it in any way. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. All right, verse 44. We're, we're ripping through this, aren't we? All right. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. So Peter's sermon gets interrupted. He probably had more to say if I know Peter, right? But the Holy Spirit came on everyone that heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter, the Jews, were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. And then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They've received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them a few days. So the Holy Spirit falls on everybody that hears these words. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Like there is power on Peter's words because he's been empowered by the Holy Spirit. There is power available to you through obedience, right? It's outside of the conversation. Remember Amy's story? Like, she's like, this is weird. It's Kroger. I don't know. (laughs) But she stepped forward in obedience, didn't she? That's what happened with Peter, too. He stepped out of the comfort zone in obedience. And it led to the kingdom of God, the family of God, expanding. Remember, encounters that lead to engagement, that lead to expansion of the family. Do you want this family to expand? We're doing a lot of hand raising. I, sorry, not sorry. We all do, right? One of the things we've been talking about is that one more person would start life with Jesus because of our consistent effort to step out in obedience in our city. One more person. And we love that message because one more means that it's simple and accessible, but it's never quite done, is it? Because when the one more happens, we're like, all right, one more. One more. We want the family to expand. And that obedience that is required is really, really important. And this is what we want out of Alpha, too. And so I just want to remind you that we are creating and leaning into a culture in this church and in our city of invitation. Just like Jesus invites you and me into so much. We get to invite others into that. The good things that you've experienced and received because of life with Jesus, other people need it. Like so many other people need it. And so you get to invite them into something like Alpha. You get to invite them into potential encounters with God, good food, conversation, a judgment-free environment. 
Like, you should see it, y'all. At, at Alpha, we don't even pray for the meal the first few weeks. I'm, I'm serious. We're being as least churchy as possible because we want feel, people to feel comfortable and welcome. We're not pulling any punches. It's all about Jesus. <laughs> but we feel like, oh, Jesus loved to eat with people. We should do that. Jesus listened to people well. We should do that. Alpha's great, guys. Come to Alpha. Invite people to Alpha. All right, I got a story I want to tell you. This is one of my favorite stories. You know, it's one of my favorite stories, but I can't tell you where I heard it. I wish I could credit whoever told this story, but I listened to a lot of podcasts and sermons, and I think it was in a sermon, and it just stuck with me. And this week as I was preparing this talk, God reminded me of this. So here's the story. One time there's a guy, I'm going to call him Jim, and Jim had a, a dream one night. And in the dream, he was on a beach talking to someone about Jesus. He knew the beach in his dream, but he had no idea who the person was that he was talking to. So the next day, he got up the courage to just go to the beach. He's like, I know what beach that is. I don't know. Maybe I'll just step out of the comfort zone and go to the beach. And when he got there, he walked towards the beach, and there was another person who had just come in from surfing. We'll call this surfer Steve. And it looked just like the guy from his dream. So he's like, oh, boy, what's going on? <laughs> so the guy, Steve, comes up to him. He's like, oh, hey, man. They just have some polite conversation. They talk about the waves. They talk about the weather. And Jim just doesn't have that opening to talk about Jesus that he was hoping for. He's just like, feels awkward, didn't make sense to do it. Have you ever been like that? I've, I've, I've been that way. <laughs> so they part ways. And as he walks back to his car, Steve yells out to him at the last minute, hey, weren't you supposed to tell me something about Jesus? <laughs> and Jim is shocked, and he's like, What? And he walks back and he says, why did you say that? <laughs> How did you know that? And Steve said, well, I had a dream last night <laughs> that someone that looks just like you came to the beach and told me about Jesus. <laughs> and that's why I'm here today. Pretty incredible, right? And isn't it a lot like Acts 10? <laughs> There's separate encounters that God has with people to lead them to engage with each other that ultimately leads to more people in the family, that expansion of the family. And even in the midst of our discomfort, even in the midst of our hesitation, God makes it happen, doesn't he? He made it happen for Peter. <laughs> in that moment, very distinctly. You need to see this three times, and then I'm gonna have the Holy Spirit say more to you. He made it happen in our story here. The guy, Jim, he's just like, I didn't find an opening to talk about Jesus. I can just imagine God being like, fine. <laughs> Let's go this route, you know? God makes it happen, doesn't he? But we do have to step out in obedience. We do have to be invitational. We do have to follow him on mission in order to see the things that he's doing. Because he's doing it no matter what. For some reason, he just insists on including us, which is pretty cool. I don't fully understand why, but he does, doesn't he? He doesn't really need you or me, but he's just like, nope, 
This is how we're doing it. This is the plan. Would you stand up? So um, we're going to have some time for people to receive prayer and to have an encounter with Jesus through that prayer. Um, But there's a few things that I want to mention that I feel like God's kind of nudging me towards that might nudge you towards receiving some prayer today, okay? Here's the first thing. You just need a fresh encounter with God. You're either saying, it's been a long time, (laughs) or I don't know if that's ever happened to me. I love Jesus, but I'm not sure if I've ever actually had an encounter with him. And he wants to meet with you today. He's faithful. He's going to do it. Okay? Maybe he's already doing it right now. Some of you be reminded that you need to step outside of the comfort zone to engage. I mean, in some ways, it's all of us, but there might be some specific people that are like, I know what he's talking about. It's my neighbor, or it's the person at school, or... <laughs> Whatever, so they, I need to just step out and love on that person. I don't necessarily need to give them four spiritual laws or anything. I just need to step out outside of my comfort zone and engage. I think God wants to meet with you today. And there's something in the way for some of you. There's something very specific. You're just like, I would do that. I used to do that. But I had a bad experience. Like, I had this time where I really thought God was telling me to do something and it just blew up in my face. And I'm, it's a barrier for me. I feel like God wants to meet with you as well. And last but not least, if you've never said yes to Jesus, today is an amazing day to do that. You're invited in to this family, to the bigger family of God, because we want a bigger family. And guess what? People need each other. I don't know who's tried to do this alone, but it just doesn't work. We need each other. And Jesus is inviting you in. He's knocking at the door of your heart. And the doorknob's on the inside. Only you can open it. So he's asking you today, do you want to open the door? Do you want to open the door? It's not scary. (laughs) And it doesn't make everything great all the time right away but it is worth it. It's humility to say yes to Jesus. It's outside of your comfort zone, probably, to say yes to Jesus. But we're going to have prayer teams in the back. If the prayer teams would head on back to be ready. Um, So I'm going to pray a prayer right now and just invite the Holy Spirit to kind of let us know what he's doing in the room. And I want any of those highlights that I mentioned or anything else to just rise up. So uh, close your eyes, Lord. Holy Spirit, come. We thank you that you've been working in this space all morning. We ask for more of your presence, Lord. More of your presence. We ask for an encounter with you right now. 